The Flow, The Path of Discipleship by Paul Bucknell from 1 John 2, 12-14 Produced by Biblical Foundations for Freedom www.foundationsforfreedom.net Releasing God's Truth to a New Generation Today I'd like to share with you how God works in His people His people wherever they are around the earth called the flow, the path of discipleship. And I'll be focusing on a few verses from 1 John 2, 12 to 14. So glad I can be with you. Think about a flowing current. Think about what comes to your mind. Maybe a river? Maybe strong air current? You put a kite up and the kite just flows. And the river, you might have a leaf. And it just flows down the river. What's happening? Why does it move? Because down underneath, we see that there's a strong force, directed force, guided force, bringing whatever is in it along. And I want you to think of God's purpose, God's love, as that life force that comes along in each believer. That's what we focus on. Let's pray as we continue. Lord, we thank you for leading us in worship of your great name. That we, each of us, can say, I exalt you. Oh, Lord, we thank you for working in us. Thank you for accomplishing your great purposes in us. Teach us through this hour that all the more we could be affirming our declaration that you are ours and we are yours. In Christ we pray. Amen. Let me just start with a few questions. Maybe the first one's a little bit easy. But does God want all Christians to grow? Yep, you all got that answer. It's not necessarily that way. I don't think in most religions they think about growth or anything of that nature. But Christianity has its distinctive, when we get to the scriptures, we understand who God is. It is God in us. And that God comes in us, we start growing. There's a life, a development that happens. But, hold on, if we're all supposed to grow, then why do some believers stop growing? That ever happened in your life? You're going along so well, then all of a sudden... I remember that happened to me once, more than once. Yeah, so, so we can stop growing, but God wants us to grow, and I just want you to identify with that tension that we have sometimes. Or uh, from a different perspective, why do some Christians not grow into full maturity? Supposed to, but, and I've heard people ask me, well, why is it that some brother or sister that have been in the congregation 10, 15 years. It's like they've never grown at all. What's wrong? Well, some of these questions we want to face today and address and understand more, though, behind it is that life force, that purpose of God to grow each of us into the full image of Jesus Christ. You know, as we go along in our lives, we, we grow for a while, we're excited when we come to know Him, and we say, here I am, I'm growing, I belong. And all of a sudden we 
think about our lives and we just say, well, what's next? You know, we really don't know what is next. We go look that way, that way, that way. We're not sure where we're supposed to go. I, and I think a lot of Christian living is gets stale, dull. Why? Because we don't know what's next. There's no movement, no direction. Not like the river that is very focused, purposeful of going and moving along. We feel like we're just hanging around. We have questions, well, what should I do? And because we don't know what we're doing, we just sometimes just, just, just here, rather than purpose to grow in Christ's image. Oh, God has so much more to do in our life. And I'd like to use this passage, 1 John 2, 12 to 14, perhaps one of the most simple passages in the scripture. John, I love the Gospel of John, because, and John himself, he, he writes with the most simple vocabulary that we can identify with, and yet has the deepest meaning if you really think about it. It's amazing. Let me read it for you. 1 John 2, 12 to 14. I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I've written to you, children, because you know the Father. I've written to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I've written to you, young men, because you are strong. The word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Powerful verses. And as we just take a quick look at it, did you notice that there's three groups that he's addressing? The children, the fathers, and the young men. Three groups. Why three groups? Well, it made me start thinking about development. And some people think, well, because he's talking in such vivid language that we're all familiar with in the family, that we are starting to think of what? Oh, yeah, this has to do with our physical life. But no, it's very clear when you look at what he is saying, that he is addressing spiritual life. Well, it's very interesting. When we think more about these, what we find is that actually... He's talking about three development stages in the Christian life. In other words, we're supposed to, what? Grow, okay? Grow means you're going from one stage to another. Little children are new Christians. Young men, spiritually young believers. Fathers, maturing Christians. Do you see it? It all makes really sense. And what we find here is that John is using a growth analogy. He uses what is familiar to teach us what is unfamiliar. He uses what we are know the most, the family. You might not have a good family, but everyone has a family. He uses that vivid teaching to teach us how we grow spiritually. There's a development there. And that development just opens our minds and eyes to, oh, that's where I'm supposed to go. I'm not just here anymore. I'm supposed to move in this direction. Now, as we go on, I'd like to describe a little bit for you what that direction means at each of these stages. To give you a just brief overview. Again, the overview sets for us a framework of all those things that God is doing in our life here on earth. And the clearer that framework is, we not only know where we are, we know where God has taken us, 
And we know where we're going. If we work with other people, same thing. We know where that person is. We know where they have been. And we know where God's taken them. It's not like we have all that extra faith and we know all these things, are strong Christians in that sense. No, because it's not us that's doing it. It is God's life force within us, that current, that flow that's moving in us and every believer to that same focus. So it's building up the truths of God so we can respond to them and say, oh, that's God working in me. That's God working in you. And that's why we can get excited about God working in all of us. That's him. And that's his purposes. So let me just give you a little, another chart that just kind of shows you how we start off as a new believer, little faith. And we grow with more faith as a spiritual young believer. And as a mature Christian, our faith grows even more. We're not comparing each other, but we're just trying to say, oh, I have some faith. It's to grow. It's to keep growing on and on. And that's the exciting part. Well, let me start at the very beginning where new life comes. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. You know, life has a beginning. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Well, this life, this spiritual life that we have, starts with God doing something special in us. That's why he wants us to call us Father. He begets us as children with a nature like his. That's why before you were a believer, you didn't have any interest in things of God. Now you do. That's why before you wouldn't want to even read the Bible, but now, yes. <laughs> what we find here is that we're born of God. God has a purpose in bringing us into that new life and it's all about that relationship that we have with him. Did you see that? Know God. And so our spiritual life is not what we call just in a framework of another type of religion. It is in relationship with the God who made us. And we are the children of God. We're made in an image like him. And that image is to grow, grow, and grow. And so it's going to be working itself out more and more. And it does that as our faith increases, we get to be more like him. Did you, anyone ever come up to you and say, hey, you look like your mom. No, you look like your dad. Yeah, people do that. And sometimes people look at me and, say, and they want to look at pictures because they want to connect them. <laughs> oh yeah, his ears look like, or no, his nose. Or, yeah, I'm not very good at doing that, but some people are. But that's the image, you see. More and more as we grow, we're more in the image of Christ. So it begins with that new faith, and that's the salvation. Where before we had no faith, and we are saved through grace. Faith. That faith in Christ, that forgiveness of sin. Oh, he washed away my sin. When Jesus died on the cross, he took away all my sin. So now I belong. That's salvation. That's where I brought into the family of God. And so that's where I've, I've gained that new nature. Sanctification, ah, that's that new life that started, but it keeps going on and on where I grow in my faith. 
Paul says in Philippians 1.6, he who began a good work in you will continue it until the day of Christ, until Jesus comes again. You can be sure of one thing, that God is growing you. And that's, again, that life force that just comes along and empowers us. It's that life force. Well, let me just share with you to each of the three stages. Let me start with the children. It says, I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins have forgiven you. One. Two, for his name's sake, for Jesus' sake, because of Jesus, if I translate it a little better. And three, I've written to you, children, because you know the Father. You see, these identify special needs. John, as an elder in the church, saw in the people of God, especially the new believers. They're children, no doubt, but children go through a special stage in life. What's special about children? Little children. Can you think about it? Well, they need to be carried. They need to be fed. They need to be washed. Protected. Ah, that's a new believer. Yes. And that's why new believers need special care. At this new believer stage, God is training us so that we learn about the love of God. God is there. God is comforting us, encouraging us, telling us he's forgiven us. And that trust that we build at that level goes a long way in taking us through all sorts of trials and temptations. It's supposed to be personal training. You have another believer right with you during this time, always saying, how are you doing today? I'm praying for you. Are you praying for me? Why would you pray for me? That's how it works. And they get to see God's love through God's people. It's basic discipleship. But it's very significant. So John's advice, as I said, your sins are forgiven. Through Christ's name, you know the Father. And that's because there's three special needs that John is identifying. The first one is encouragement. The new believer, and in fact, a lot of churches have a problem. A lot of people say, I know the Lord. But you ask a month later, where are they? Maybe that's you, I don't know. You know, and Maybe you're a new believer. But you know, what happens with the new believers is that Satan is trying to come around and confuse them. And he wants to discourage them. Discourage them in such a way that they don't think they belong to God's people. They come as a new believer, don't know anything, except that you know, God's forgiven them to Jesus. But personally, they're running into all sorts of problems. Maybe they just got really angry, and maybe a wife yelled at her husband, or a child is so angry with her dad, his dad. And they think, oh, God's not going to accept me. I'm no good. They come to church, everyone's smiling and praising God. And they try to, but down deep, oh, they're so discouraged. You see, Satan is just tempting them, giving them trials, and they need encouragement because they forget if they're forgiven. Sometimes they think they're forgiven because they're good. But when they're not good, they're not forgiven. Of course, you know that's not true. You're forgiven why? Because of Jesus. Ah, oh, but they don't know that, and they forget that. And what happens is that confusing part, and then later, I'll never be like them. Oh, those are good people, yes. But I'll never be like a Christian. I guess I don't belong. And so they stop coming. 
Oh, it's so important that you, when you ever see a new believer, you start praying for them. Be with them. Encourage them. And remind them that they're accepted, not because they're good, they're accepted because they belong. They know the Father. You see, this new life, when God saves us, he says, you are my family. Your heavenly Father, the mighty creator, is the one that watches over you and strengthens you. I remember when I came up, became a believer, it was the most surprising and unplanned thing in my life. Yeah, my mom pushed me to church. I didn't want to go. Well, there I was at a youth meeting, and fortunately, because the church wasn't very responsive to God, but they had a person coming in, and he told, talked about the gospel, but simple things like I'm telling about forgiveness. And at the end, he asked everyone to close their eyes. Maybe there's about 20 of us there in a circle, and I see everyone bowing their heads, closing their eyes. I said, okay, I'll close my eyes, but I wasn't going to pray. And I didn't pray, but God was doing something. And all of a sudden, I see myself coming down, falling down, falling faster and faster. <laughs> and then I said, where am I going? And I looked down, and I saw the fire. I said, oh. It was right at that time I realized, oh, what a sinner I am. You know, before I compared myself to my younger brother, he was not very good. I thought I was better. But at that point, God all of a sudden was showing me not about my brother, or maybe my attitude to my brother, but he showed me my own sin. And the way I was cursing, lying, stealing. Oh, I could go on. I don't want to go on. I realized that's where I deserve to go. That was the most fearsome thing, I think. Not seeing the fire, but seeing that is where I should go. And then all of a sudden I said, is there a way out of this? And then I remembered what the, the teacher said. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You will have life everlasting. So that's what I need. I need Jesus. And I believed on him and he saved me. And he, all of a sudden, I was gone. And I had the comfort that I belonged. Now, was I any better? Definitely not. Wasn't any better. There's something else that happened. And when I looked up at everybody else, the prayer was over. God took me on a long journey. He saved me. He changed me. Not because I was good, but because of what Jesus did on me. Because I believed. It was the beginning of a faith. And for each of us, our experience is different. But the same Father who loves us provided a way that we could come to know Him. And we belong. Do you see how He puts His arms around new believers? Just like a baby. The baby's looking up. I'm fed. I'm loved. There's nothing like this. God wants us to know the same. I'm taking care of you. You're mine. I want you to be mine. We might not get that experience from our parents necessarily. But I want you to know that is God's love for you. It is that constant and that sure. So God, through this stage, is establishing the new believer a good understanding of the basic Christian teachings. The new believer is insecure and prone to fail without a lot of close supervision and care. God forgives. But he's working in a special way with a new believer 
We need to teach them the basic teachings. As we go on, I want you to first notice something here. Did you notice that he wrote to this three groups twice? He said, I'm writing, right now he's writing, I have written, past tense. So this is evidently at least the second letter, even though it's called the what? First letter of John. <laughs> there must have been more than just three. Well, as we look carefully though, it makes us remember that John has a special message for each of them. I also want you to notice the order. Did, did you remember the order? What was the order that he wrote? He addressed them. Children? Well, you know, we would think that he would do it this way, right? Fathers, parents, young, and then the youngsters, the little ones. That's why we usually honor people by the older first. He didn't do that. You notice he started with children. Well, there is another way to introduce them. You have children, young men, and then, is that what he did? Oh, he didn't do that either. This we're familiar with in physical development. We study that in school. Sociological development in terms of how we relate to people and grow. It's interesting he didn't do it that way, and I thought a long time about it. We find that he chose to speak about the children, fathers, and then the young people. Okay, if we do it spiritually, we're talking about new believers, we're talking about mature believers, and we're talking about young believers. And why this order? I think it's because he has us focus on where we're going. The focus, the objective, the purpose. See, because when you have a little child, what do you have? You can think of a little child when he grows up. You can think about a parent when you have a new child. What is it like? The parent's dreaming, one day that little child's going to grow up. Oh, it's going to get married. It's going to have grandchildren. It's a little kid like this, but the parent's thinking beyond. And the little child is thinking when they grow up. My little girl, she's maybe just four years old. I can remember all of them doing this, you know, but they're wearing mommy or daddy's shoes. <laughs> and maybe the, the, the little girls will carry mommy's purse. You know, the little girl's only this big and the purse is this big. We still have diaper bags back then. and So it's big. It's so funny. But, you know, we're dreaming of where God's taking us. We don't know when we grow up, what will we be like? What will I do? It's all part of the talk and understanding physical development and how we will fit into this world scheme. You know, spiritually it's the same. God wants us to focus on where we're going. So he talks about fathers and then young men because that, those questions are sometimes the hardest. I'll talk about those as we come, go along. Fathers. Did you notice how he makes distinctive about a father? A father is a father because he has children. These are some of my children. Just some of them. I'll say one, two, three, four, five, six of them. Um, my oldest, by the way, now is 32. My youngest is 10. These children have grown up. It's an older picture. The one on the left is now 10 years old. As I said, physical development, it changes. Uh, I always tell people, I joke, I say, I wish God made it what we call ages, and that you were, you were a, a 
born in 83, so I'll just call you 83. But we always change the ages. Oh, no, she's 17 this year. No, she's 18 next year. It keeps changing. A lot of kids, I get confused a lot. But, you know, they're developing. They're growing. And it's always a special understanding in our minds, isn't it? As he wrote to the fathers, he says, I've written to you, fathers, because you know him who's been from the beginning. He says it twice, in fact. If we talked about the focus on where we're going, this is what John says, keep this in mind. You see, just like he said you, be, you have a relationship with the Father that started in the beginning, do you see how it's different now? Not that he isn't our Father, he is. As a young child, that Father image and concept of protecting and caring is the most critical because we can't care for ourselves. But as we grow spiritually, what we're going to do is turn around and look at a God who's so vast and great. And our spiritual growth will consist in mostly getting to know God more and more in his great and majestic and wonderful ways. He guides us through different circumstances, trials, difficulties, blessings to reveal more and more about his, him. And this is why we grow in our spiritual life. Growing at this stage, we'll talk all about knowing the Father in heaven more. So if we would focus on this third stage where God's bringing us, we're saying we're stepping closer to the Lord to responsibly care for others. As we get to know the Lord more, we get to see how he ministers to, through our lives to those people. Isn't that what Jesus did? Yes, he was looking for what his Father was to doing. And whatever his father was doing, revealing to him, he would do. And the same thing he wants for us. God works through our life. He's speaking to us. Well, let's look a little more particular at the spiritual insights that John shares with us. Well, first of all, father is known as a breed producer. And by the way, he's not just talking about men here, brothers. He's talking about brothers and sisters. We all grow through this, just as a child of God. We grow, whether a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. We all have the same growth process. And so as we grow to be a mature believer, we're there to reproduce. We're leading other people to know Jesus Christ. Not only to lead them to know the Lord, but as a good father, we're going to care for them. We're going to be a shaper. We want to challenge them how to live rightly. Of course, we are in ourselves need to know him who is from the beginning. He doesn't define him. He keeps it vague because it's a relationship and God's going to continue to reveal things. I'd love to, uh, if I had more time, I would share from people like Joseph and Abraham, some of those Old Testament um, patriarchs where you can see how God is cultivating uh, a greater faith in their lives. Fathers grow by knowing God more. And that's what's happening at that stage. It is the excitement that God is with us. He's not just a distant, far away God. He says, I've saved you so I can be close and reveal more of myself to you. As we get closer to God, we get inspired and guided more by his strength and wisdom. And I know myself, you know, as we sing these songs about praise and he's my tower, my refuge, I was saying, yes, yes. Uh, you can think back in your time how God helped you there. Imagine David. At times, he went through some terrible situations. 
Now, I would think that he wrote that psalm when God, he was my tower, my refuge. Maybe when Saul, the king, was persecuting him. And he was out in the desert. He was surrounded by Saul's army. Out to kill him. He cried out to God and God delivered him. Experiences become real parts of our life where he shapes us and helps us. So if we summarize the focus for mature believers, through their experiences and trusting the Lord in a variety of situations, these fathers have come to experience the principles of God's word in their lives and are responsible to make sure others grow. So it's not just we're growing. Ah, we're beginning to understand what love is. Love is not where I'm focused on I'm growing spiritually, but, oh, there's others around me. How can I help them? Isn't that a good father? Isn't that a good mother? Not just focus, hey, I want to go on a trip, but how can I help those around me to grow and develop? That's the heart of Jesus. Jesus is the good shepherd, and he cares for his sheep. Well, okay, so we talked about the beginning, life, children, new believers. We talked about where we're going as a mature father, caring for others. Sometimes we feel inadequate, but God is the equipper and he'll help us. But we say, well, how am I ever going to get there? That's where a lot of us get stuck. And I wish I had someone to disciple me when I was growing up. This is why it's become so important for me. I had to learn to struggle with many of these things that no one ever taught me. I had personal, private struggles. I wouldn't share with others, nor was anyone else asking. Do you? Do you know how to work through them? See, God made it so that a believer goes from a child to a young person. What's the difference between a child and a young person? Well, a child needs to be washed and fed. How about a young person? Here's a lot of young people here, right? Do you like your mother to feed you still? Forget it. And don't even mention about dressing. <laughs> I will do it on my own. There's something unique, isn't that? You see the whole sense of awareness, physical ability, that sense of now, if you enter, you know, after 10 years old, you're starting to come to your own identity to think of yourself different than you ever thought of yourself. Before, I was my parents' child, son or daughter. Now, well, I still am, but there's, yeah, I'm my own person. My name is, you know, Jose. My, my name is Pablo. Well, you know, whatever it might be. That, that's me. And I'm a, a, in a person that God is working in. You see, there's the second stage is where God's going to work with a maturing process. It's partly physical if we're in that physical development, but there's a spiritual development that's going on, and I want to describe that to you, okay? Let's notice three things that John mentions. You have overcome the evil one. Two, you are strong. And three, the word of God abides in you. Three things. We all need to learn and master these things. 1 John 5, 4 says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is a victory that has overcome the world. What is it? Our faith. Our faith. You will only get through this stage if your faith can grow. 
what are you going to believe? Now, faith and belief are the same words. What are you going to believe? These things. You have overcome the evil one. You are strong. The word of God does abide in you. In other words, God is at work in your life. And you will get discouraged by different things. Failures. You'll get caught up in you know, wanting to buy something. You'll be caught up in a jealousy or a boyfriend or lust or just your whole desires. And you kind of forget God and you fall. What's going to make you strong? God wants to open your eyes, open all of our eyes to see that I have overcome evil. Though I don't feel like it, that God is my strength, and that he can, through the word of God, all the more, strengthen me to accomplish his purposes. So the young man talks about spiritual young believers, and the spiritual advice that he identifies highlight how God needs to work in our life. You have overcome, you're strong, and the word of God abides in you. So let's think about the needs that especially these focus on. You have overcome. It talks about what has happened, the truth. You have overcome the evil one. But when we look at our lives, we say what? Whoa, I don't look like I have, I'm an overcomer. No, 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 no. If you knew me, you'd know how much I worry. Or I fear everything. Or I am not one person to rejoice always. I am a critical person. I'm not patient and calm. I'm more like the angry person. Bitter, unforgiving. You see the opposite? Take the fruit of the Spirit, and sometimes I'll say, well, I'm the opposite. If that's the way I am. So instead of saying, I've overcome, I would say, I am defeated. Hold it. No, that's not the truth, though. This is where faith comes in, you see. You're letting the truth of God about what is true to influence your perspective. Satan will bring in doubts and temptation to cause you to think the wrong thing about yourself. That wrong thing every time will get you down, down, down. He will cause you to say, I'm a failure. I'll never be able to grow out of this. I may as well just accept the way I am. You can just see the leaf on the river, right? It's kind of going to the side. Caught. Ensnared. Cotton porn. No, I, like, I just like to talk like my friends talk. You know, it, it, those thoughts are there. And I just don't know how to get out of it. But God's going to say here, you face, focus on these truths. You have overcome. You are strong. And the word of God abides in you. Faith is important because it gets your eyes back on what God is doing in you. Not on your experiences, which often depict failure, brokenness. Can you identify an area maybe that you feel like you're stuck at right now? And you say, you mean God can help me here? I say, yes, he can. Okay, help me. <laughs> Have them like a leaf from the world. Push me, push me out. Forgive me. If you can still use me, please. You have hope for me? Okay. This is what God is doing. 
and the truths of God give you that hope to start praying again. When you lose faith, what happens? You stop praying. When you gain hope, you start praying. And then God starts answering. And that's why I'm encouraging you right now to start praying because you have a little bit of hope now that God can work in you. You are strong. I'm very convinced of the energy of young people. As I get older, some people, someone said, how old are you? Not just one period. Oh, the number of people are asking, how old are you? <laughs> well, you guess. <laughs> well, someone was very kind and said I was in the 30s. I said, whoa, they missed it on big point. I'm actually my, past my mid-50s. I don't have the energy I used to. But, you know, in my, I have three young boys, eight, uh, 19, and third, down to 13, three, three young boys. And they're often wrestling with each other. And the house, when they go down on the ground, boom, you know, they're shaking. <laughs> my, my wife is not very, doesn't like that. I said, well, that's good for them, you know. And we should send them outside or somewhere else to do it. But you can see all that energy, you know, strength that's in them. And that's what characterizes young believers. They are hoping for the best. They are very inspired. So if you can train someone, a young believer rightly, and show them how to use God's word to overcome, you're going to find they're going to be on fire and they're going to go on. I can tell every time that someone's discipled. You can tell. You can, if you know the people in your congregation well, the disciplers, you can almost tell who discipled them. Because they're just like them. Their faith is just going to be like the other one who is working with them. And it's just so exciting to see that they don't get caught, but they've been trained how to overcome anger, worries, discouragements, jealousies. Or like last week, someone was sharing how to forgive. And they said, yeah, I really can forgive, but I hate that person. But I can forgive, and it just sets them free. Pushes that leaf back into the middle of the river, and down it goes. God is doing something special in each one of our lives. It's the life force. You never have to do what to make a child grow. You don't have to say, I've never seen a parent yet, tell a little child, three, four-year-old, eat the breakfast, and then you give them a pep talk. Grow, grow, grow. And the more you say it, the more they grow, right? You don't say grow when people grow. They're going to grow even if you say don't grow. Because there's a force in there. Same with spiritual life. God is just... I want you to sense God's purpose, His empowering, His love just coming into your life, bringing you to where you need to go. And I know at this stage, you're going to face some struggles. And I'm, I know you're going to feel like, I can't handle it. I don't know how to overcome. But God is there to bring you through. And when you can step back and say, you mean it's not because I'm real smart or naturally kind, God will help me? Right. It's going to be different. It's going to be because, all right, the Holy Spirit wants to give me a spirit of kindness and forgiveness. Okay, I'll forgive. That's how it works. You can't muster up the spirit. No, no, we're not like that. 
Because what's naturally inherent in us is not always the good things. But the Spirit of God is there, willing to work through our faith. Young believers are to grow strong by fighting temptation through faith in God's Word. Through faith in God's Word. And I hope that you are excited how God can help you grow. And bring you from where you were, that new life, to where you need to be. This is the whole life process here. Let me just summarize it and give you a a uh, diagram that describes this. So summarizing, growth is normal and expected, right? Okay, it's like that flow, it's a life force. Because it's in us, we're just going to naturally grow. Each Christian is expected to grow. God anticipates, just like that newborn, you anticipate that child grow. If that child doesn't grow, you start worrying. Oh, what's happening to my baby? You know, it's not growing. Well, God's looking at you and said, how long have you known me? Three years? Are you sure? Well, why haven't you grown a little more? What's, what's holding you back? You know, as a father, he is anticipating your growth. And every day, he wants to be with you and says, I'll take you along. Make sure you pray every day. Meet him in his word. Greater blessings come at each stage because we have a greater faith. We have a greater understanding of God and his work and how he does things. So the goal is the same, to be like Jesus. But the focus at each stage is different. We develop at different things at each stage. And our Christian life, it's always growing because we're growing more and more into the image of Christ. It never stops here. In 1 John 3, 1 to 2, it says, And when we see him, when Jesus comes back, we will be like him. You see where we're going? Isn't it exciting? So what are we doing now on earth? Do we have a purpose? Yes. Very clear. We're to work along with the Lord to see how he's working to help me to grow spiritually, to become a, a believer that can care for others. Now you say, well, the pastors do a good job of caring for us. No, 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 that's not the perspective. Do you think only the pastors are the mature believers? No, 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 no. He wants all of you to be mature believers. He wants to mobilize all of us as his children. Would you be happy with mango trees that never bore fruit? Why do you think God would be happy if you didn't grow to maturity and started bearing love and patience and kindness and leading people to the Lord. Oh, anticipate a lot. Your Father is going to bring you along step by step. This is a chart I use, and there's two dotted lines, and those three circles we talked about are those lines in between, those three circles in between those two dotted lines. New believers, young Christians who are overcomers, and mature and mobilized disciples who are reproducing. God will take the leaders out of that father stage and set them to be equippers and helpers in our congregations. This is all about not just us as individuals. Each of us is an individual. God is dealing with us as individuals. But I also want you to have a sense that God is also working with us as a church to help us all grow into the fullness of Christ. 
So Christ is the head, and we're the body. That out in the streets, that we can accomplish God's good and greater purposes. What stage are you at? You see, you have to say, where am I? Well, no, maybe I should be in the third stage, but I think because of my anger, I've never really learned to master it. I'm there at the second stage. But Lord, would you help me? I'm ready for you to bring me there. You see, that's the hope, the faith, that God is purposed to do that. He'll equip us to do that, and it will be through his grace. Are you growing? Or are you like that leaf, gone to the side? Can you ask him? Push me back in the middle. I don't know how, but if you really want me, I want to be there. I want to grow again. I always wanted to grow a lot, but I got stuck somewhere. Are you helping others grow? Can you use me to help others? Yes. Oh, that's his purpose, you see. That's what love is. When it's worked out practically, we're helping others. Being kind, encouraging, helpful, in whatever way God especially gifted us in our lives. As we close, I just want to share a passage that God was speaking to me and encouraging me this morning. From Psalm 138, verse 8. He said, the Lord will accomplish what concerns me. Thy love, O Lord, is everlasting. Do not forsake the work of your hand. When I started thinking about that, I said, that's right. Lord, this is what you're doing in me. I need you to accomplish it. I'm not strong enough, wise enough, bold enough to accomplish your purposes. Would you, O Lord, accomplish your work in me? I reminded, he reminded me, this whole work is all his work. He gave me a life, and he's growing us. Isn't it true with all of us? Thy love, O oh Lord, is everlasting. He's not going to forsake us. He's going to be with us. This is the path of discipleship. A new life. And a life that keeps growing. To full maturity that God might fully accomplish his purpose here. Just as he's working through Jesus, Jesus' spirit is in us, accomplishing God's goodwill here in this place. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for choosing us to be your, to be part of your family. Sometimes, Lord, we don't feel like we belong anywhere. And it's such a great relief to know your love is everlasting. That you always want us to be near you. And in fact, you want us to be nearer than we are. Would you please forgive us, Lord, for going to the side, out of the main current of life. Bring us back home. To a faith where we know that you're working with us. That you're there powerful enough to help us to get where to the next stage. Lord, forgive us where we have failed you. Cleanse us by the blood of Christ. Turn our eyes like Peter who was falling through the waters there back on Jesus. You are the one who establishes us, has called us overcomers, who will make us reproducers and shapers. 
you can do it. Bring us to maturity, Lord. Thank you again for choosing us to be yours. In Christ we pray. This concludes the message on the flow, the path of discipleship from 1 John 2, 12-14 by Paul Bucknell. Produced by Biblical Foundations for Freedom, www.foundationsforfreedom.net. Releasing God's truth to a new generation.